you have your Bibles, turn to, to uh, James chapter 5, verse 16, or if you're using your smartphone or, or whatever you're doing. And we're in a series we have been on Sunday morning entitled Unlikely. And we have just been uh, talking about different characters, different people in God's Word to help us learn from them. And we talked about uh, Noah. Anybody remember who else we talked about? Elijah. Samson. Did we talk about Mary? Are you sure, Barry? You're not sure? Are you sure or not sure? Yeah, you are. Are you? He doesn't know, man. He's like going, yes, we talked about Mary on Mother's Day. And last week we talked about Elijah. And I want to use uh, James chapter 5 to kind of catch us up and then to go on. Here's, can I, can I come back to this little phrase, to pray the righteous and power is effective? And let me start here. Elijah was a man just like us. Elijah was a man just like us. Will you say that with me? Elijah was a man just like us. Nothing special about him, nothing supernatural about him, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing. He was a man just like us. And you remember he, he went into, to, uh, and he, you remember if you were here Sunday, he looked like Jabaka, hairy man with a leather belt. And he went into King Ahab's presence and he said, it's not going to rain or do for three years. And then he went and, went and hid. And after three years, he came back and they had that battle on Mount, Mount Carmel. And he said, pick a side. Who, if you're going to follow Baal, follow Baal. If you're going to follow God, then follow God. And fire fell from heaven. And everybody screamed. And everybody yelled. And everybody declared, he is God. He is God. And right after that, Elijah went to the top of the mountain. And the Bible says in 1 Kings 18 that he put his hands between his knees. And it's a posture of humility. And it's really a posture of passion. And, and he cried out to the Lord. And And it doesn't record what he says. All I can imagine is he said, Lord, you told me when I prayed that it would rain. And I'm praying. It's been three years and we're under drought and you just sent fire from heaven. And now I'm praying you'll open up the windows of heaven and send your rain on the land and cause the crops to grow. And the the Bible says that he told his servant, he said, go look at the cloud and see, go look at the horizon and see if anything's coming. And the young man came back and he said, there's nothing, Elijah. And so Elijah stayed and it just goes to his persistence. And God, you said... According to your word, according to your promises. And and, and he said, go back again, look again, nothing. Go back again, look again, nothing. Seven times the boy went back to look to see what was in the horizon, if a storm was rising, if if the clouds were changing. And finally on the seventh time, the boy said, there's a cloud about the size of your fist. And Elijah said, get up, go tell Ahab, he better get back home because the rain is about to come. The Bible says that they rained so hard, a great rain fell on the land, and the crops began to rebirth. And, 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 and it, here, here's what it says. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed, hands, I mean, humility, passion, persistence, and the heavens gave the rain, and the earth produced its crop. And now let me go to this, because the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. But he was a man just like us. So what does that mean, the prayer of the righteous? you gotta, you got to just be reminded of, and I can't remind you this enough, you are righteous today if you've said yes to Jesus. If you have confessed your sins, if you have believed in, in Christ, that he came, that he, that he died, that he, resurrection, that, he re- that, resurre- that he resurrected, it's easier to say than you think it is, that he's at the right hand of the Father. If you have put your faith in him, then you are righteous. You are clean. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This should never get old. 
You, by virtue of whose you are, by virtue of what Christ has done for you and your faith in him, you are righteous. You are clothed in the righteousness of God. He is, your, your righteousness is like filthy rags, but his righteousness is spotless and stainless. And so he took your filthy rags and he replaced it with the robe of Christ, with the robe righteousness of God. Therefore, when God sees you, he doesn't see you as unrighteous. He sees you as righteous. Elijah was a man just like us. He was righteous. We're righteous because of what Christ has done for us. And, and, and you know, because I'm righteous, I can be in prayer. And maybe you've been in the same situation. And I'm praying and the devil will just start speaking to me. You have no right praying. You have no right asking for that. Man, I saw what you did today. I saw how you talked to your wife, how you, whatever you did, you know, whatever you said. Whatever, and I, I can get all this condemnation. But when I realize I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ... I can dig in and say, yeah, all those things are right, but, but what Christ did for me is sufficient, and I'm a child of God, and I'm a friend of Jesus, and I've been justified with Christ, and I've been bought with a price, and I've been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins, and I'm, I'm complete in Christ and free from all condemnation, and I cannot be separated from the love of God that's in Christ, and I've been anointed, established, and sealed by God. I am a citizen of heaven. When the enemy starts to attack me with those things in prayer, I can stand behind the righteousness of Christ. When, when, when he begins to load on me with, with, uh, with fear and with doubt, well, God's never going to answer that. I don't even know why you're praying that. that uh, that's way beyond anything God can do. I, I, I can stand behind the righteousness of Christ and just, and just declare that God is greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And God can do above and beyond what I ask, think, or imagine because positionally I'm in right, I'm in right place with him. The, 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 the prayer of the righteous. But it doesn't stop there. And this is where some of us stop. Well, maybe just because I'm righteous, then I can whatever, and there I can, my prayers can be effective. It's just not the same person that said, you can do nothing for your salvation but trust in Christ, that it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, also said to pursue righteousness and holiness. In fact, in Timothy, he said, pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Pursue means to strive or to seek to attain or to focus on intentionally. He went on to say, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. So positionally, you are righteous, but practically, you got to try to pursue righteousness. It doesn't mean you get it right all the time, but there means there's a desire. I want to do it God's way. I want to honor God with my life. If you, if you want to experience God's fullness, if you want to experience God's blessing, you got to understand that righteously, that positionally you are righteous under God, but you also understand that there is a pursuit of righteousness and following God and honoring his ways and obeying his word and loving what he loves and hating what he loves puts you in a place where you can receive his provision, protection, power, and prosperity. The prayer of the righteous man, the man that has put his faith in Christ and is pursuing holy or right living according to the standard and the will and the way of God. Again, not perfect, not arrived, not doing it all right, but after that is powerful and effective. Well, what's an effective prayer? What, what does an effective prayer look like? And, and just let me, let me go real quick what I think. Effective prayers are based on a desire to know him. So we want our prayers to make a difference. We, we know we're a man just like Elijah. We're a woman. You're not just like Elijah because you don't look like Jabaka or wear a leather. But, but you get the point. We're, we're people just like Jabaka. Uh, and effective prayers are based on a desire to know him. The main purpose of prayer is not to get your petition answered. The main purpose of prayer is to connect with your Savior. 
It's to connect relationally with God. When, when Moses was in, in Exodus, when he was, at the, he was on the mountain and, and God was talking to him and they were having that discussion and, and he said, Moses, you've been faithful to me and you've been good to me and I love you. But the children of Israel, have been, they've been rotten, they've been spoiled, they've not done what I've said to do. And so I'm going to let you go into the promised land, but I'm not going to go with you. And, and Moses, had, he, he had such a relationship with God, he was able to do that. Because his prayers weren't based on God, give me. They were based on God, I want to know you. And, 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 God said, and God said, okay, Moses, I'll go with you just because you've asked and, I, and you found favor with me. And then Moses replied, as soon as God said that, Moses replied, God, will you show me your glory? He didn't ask for another miracle. He, didn't, he just, God, will you just let me know who you are? Will you reveal your heart to me? Will you, Lord, I just want to know you. That's the most important thing in my life. I don't even care if I go to the promised land. I just want to be with you, God. You know what God said? I can't show you my glory. It'd kill you. It would, it would, it would mess you up on the end. It's, it's too great for you, but I'll give you a glimpse of it. I'll give you, I'll just reveal it a little bit. So he pulled back the curtain just a little bit so, so Moses could see in the natural the compassion and the goodness and the faithfulness and the grace of God. More than anything, Moses wanted to know the Lord more than he wanted to get something from God. And effective prayers are based on a desire to know him. It's the same in the life of David. You know what David's prayer was? His main prayer was that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever and that I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. I don't, I don't want a kingdom God. I don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't want to be famous God. I don't want to kill a giant. I just want to know you, Lord. I just want to be with you. I want to partner with you. I want to experience you. I want to walk with you. That's an effective prayer. Paul's prayer was, God, I want to know you. I want to know the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. There, I, I can't find in scripture where he said, God, get me out of jail. God, God, take, I mean, he prayed for that thorn to be removed from his flesh. But more often than not, his prayer was, God, I want to know you. I want to experience you. I want to walk with you. I want to seek first the kingdom of God. And all these other things will fall into place and fall into order. I mean, you could go all throughout scripture. The, the disciples, they had a front row seat to the greatest prayer warrior of all time, Jesus and, and, and they saw him pray, and they were so, they were so, in, not impressed, but they were so, they grabbed it. It was like Jesus loved to pray. I mean, he, I mean, he just lived for prayer. Like, we live for food. He lived to be in his Father's presence. And, and so they asked him, they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And they weren't, they weren't looking for some formula. They were Jewish boys. They'd been grown up in the temple. That many of them knew how to pray. They'd been taught prayers. They knew how to stand, how to sit, what to say, when to say it. They weren't asking for a pattern or words. They were, they were saying, Jesus, how do you connect to the Father like that? How is your relationship so strong? I want to pray like that. I want to I I understand God like that. Lord, teach us to pray because effective prayers are based on a desire to know him, to know him. Here's another thing. Effective prayers are birthed out of total dependency. And I, I call them, and, 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 and you got to listen to the whole thing. Don't, 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 don't stop before I get finished. Don't shut me out. But there are things called uh, desperate prayers. And again, there's, there's nothing wrong at times with desperate prayers. But, but, but we need to li be living in a sense of desperation all the time. We don't need to get to the end of our rope. And then it, here's how it works. It's like a Hail Mary pass. You guys are anybody familiar with that? If it's late in the ball game, a football game. And the other team's winning, but they got a chance to score. They'll put all the receivers on one side, and the quarterback will get back, and he'll scramble as long as he can, and everybody gets in the end zone. And then he'll just heave it. He'll let it go. And, and they call it a Hail Mary pass because 
it's going to take divine intervention for somebody to catch it. It's like a last shot. And some of our prayers are, are, are kind of last. They're just like our last resort. So after we run out of everything we can do in our human effort, after we've exhausted our strength and exhausted our energy, then we say, okay, God, let me, let me throw up this Hail Mary and see if you'll answer it. And, and I, I want us effective prayers. People that pray effective prayers live in a sense of desperation. They constantly say, Lord, it's in you I live and move and have my very being. God, I can't do anything without you. I'm not going to wait till I'm at the end of my rope. Hail Mary prayers are you're at the end of the rope and, and you heave up a prayer. Uh, desperate prayers are, God, you are my rope. Lord, I, I, can't do, I can't do anything without you. I mean, I'm not, I'm not waiting till I exert all my energy and, and, and my prayer is not going to be my last resort. It's going to be my primary focus. I, I'm going to pray to get to know you and I'm going to pray because I need you. I can't, I can't live my life without you. You remember when the early church had to, that Jesus left and he said, hey, I want, you to, I want you to spread my gospel. I want you to make a difference. And they went to the upper room and, and they started praying. Can you just picture Peter, what he's doing? He's the, kind of the leader and he's pacing back and forth. And I can just hear him. This is what I think. He's going, God, there's no way we can do this. We're not smart enough. We're not strong enough. We don't, we don't have the ability. How are we going to get before people? How are people going to, God, you're the vine. We're the branch. Apart from you, we can do nothing. God, we need you. I mean, it's a, it is a total dependence on God. That's why every morning I wake up, I pray, Lord, I can't be the father you want me to be without your help. I can't, in my own strength, I'm not smart enough. In my own strength, I'm not patient enough. Lord, I need your grace. I need your goodness. I need your mercy. I need you to remove the, the junk out of my life and fill me with your love and your patience and your goodness and your kindness. God, I need you today. I, don't, I want to be led by you. I want to be directed by you. This is not a Hail Mary pass. This is a prayer that's saying, Lord, would you order my steps? Would you direct my way? I need you every breath, every hour, every moment. It's in you that I live and move and have my very being. I don't wait. I don't wait till I'm in desperation. And again, God answers Hail Mary prayers, and I thank God for that. But I don't want to wait till then. I want to pray out of a relationship, out of I know him. And I want to stay in a place of desperation. You know, you know what the Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit? It doesn't mean you're broke. It doesn't mean you're, you, you have no courage. It doesn't mean when you're poor in spirit, it doesn't mean that you don't have any vitality or energy. It means that you have completely humbled yourself and you're, you, are, you are desperate for God. You realize that without him you can do nothing. Effective prayers are birthed out of total dependency. Here's the last thing. Effective prayers believe in the promises of God. And, and, and here's how I would say it. You, we need to remind God of his word. We, we need to remind God. And it's not, it's not questioning his word. It's not, it's not being disrespectful. Here's an example in Psalm 68. David, he began the psalm just talking about the goodness of God and what God had done in the past. God, you've delivered us from our enemies. You've provided for us in the wilderness. You've made a way when there seemed to be no way. You, you've revived our nation in the past. And then in Psalm 68, 23, he flips it to the present. Up into that time, he's been talking about the past and what God had did and what God had done. And then he says, oh, God, summon your power and show us your strength as you have done before. As you did it, as you did it in the past, do it again. That, that, that's why if I'm facing a difficult situation, if if there is a fork in the road and, and I'm trying to discern the will of God and figure out which way he wants me to go, I will bring up past 
things either in my life or in in scripture so if there's a fork if there's a decision i'll say god you called abraham to to leave his country before he knew what he was doing and he didn't know where he was going or what it was about but he picked up in faith and he just took a step at a time and you led him and you direct him and god he became a great nation and as he followed you you did great things in his life and you're the god of abraham and you're my god and the same god that guided him can guide me and I pray, Lord, that as I trust in you with all my heart and lean out on my own understanding, as I acknowledge you in all my ways, that you're going to direct my steps. Because the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. You've done it before and do it again, God. I stand on your word. I'm calling out your promises. And I believe in you to do what only you can do. It, it, it's calling on. It's the prime. If, I need, if I'm in a financial crisis, if I'm in a need, this is what I would pray. God, in the New Testament, Jesus took five loaves and two fish and fed 5,000 people. And they had 12 basketfuls left over. Lord, there's nothing too difficult for God. Lord, if you were able to do that, you're able to provide my need. I pray that you'll give me wisdom and insight in how to, how to navigate this thing. But I am trusting in the provision of God. You are Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. You've done it before, and you can do it again in Jesus' name. If I'm sick in body, I'm going to lean on the past. I'm going to look to what God did, either in my life, in somebody else's life, or in a biblical character's life. Lord, when you walked on the earth, there was a lady that was bleeding for 12 years. She'd run out of money and run out of hope. But when she touched the hem of her, your garment, the power of God went through your body into her body, and she was healed in name, Jesus' name. Lord, you're the God that does not change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that healed her can heal me. I'm standing on your word. By your stripes, I am healed. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Lord, I remind you of your word, and I stand on your promises. That's effective prayer. That's prayer that touches the heart of God. If we think about our nation, we think about the situation we're in, and we can complain, and we can gripe, and we can fear, or we can get on our knees and cry out to God in faith believing. Lord, in Josiah's day, the, the nation was wicked, and the times were evil, and it was a bad, bad place to live in. But he opened up your word, and he began to teach your word, and they began to worship you, and you sent a great revival across that land. Many souls got saved, and the whole nation turned back to you. God, if you did it for them, you can do it for us. Send the reign of revival to America. Move in our land. Move on our leaders. Move in our homes. Move in our churches. The same God that, that, that did it back then and did it in the New Testament can do it today. It's standing on the promises and the, and the, and the, and the stories of all we can tap into and say, God, if you, if you did it for them, you can do it for us. And I'm not saying we're twisting God's arm and, and he's God. He's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do. But I'm going to stand in faith because effective prayers believe in the promises of God. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed, and it didn't rain for three years. And then he prayed again, and it rained so hard that the, I mean, the crops, the grass turned green overnight. The crops, well, the drought was gone, and, and the fear was over. The prayer of the righteous. You're righteous today if you put your faith in Christ. Don't stop there. Pursue righteousness. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Effective prayers are based on a desire to know him. God, more than anything, I want to know you. It's not what I want from you. I want to know you. Great prayers are birthed out of total dependency. God, I'm dependent on you all the time. Effective prayers 
believe in the promises of God. Amen, everybody? Bow your heads with me, will you? Lord, we thank you for your word today. And I just pray that we would be a people of prayer. Can I, with your heads bowed and your eyes shut, I don't want you to feel condemned today. My prayer life, you say, my prayer life stinks, man. It, I've tried. It just doesn't work. And that's not the point of this thing. The point of this thing is to encourage you and challenge you and give you some tools that from now, from this day forward, your prayer life can get better. That you can become more intimate with the Lord. That you can pray effective prayers. Lord, help us, I pray. We ask yourself this question, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Maybe he's saying you need to make a commitment to pray. Maybe he's saying you need to believe me for the impossible. I don't know what he's saying. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me tonight? Lord, I hold your word up as a mirror. May it reflect what's in my life, and may you help me to make the adjustments I need. make us a people that pray. Call us back to prayer, Lord, to deep intercession. Pray in faith. Pray with persistence. Pray with passion. Lord, you said, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that you'll hear from heaven and heal our land. should be called a house of prayer. You said you're looking for people that will stand in the gap. May we be those people. May we be, may we stand between heaven and hell for our community and our nation, our friends, our co-workers, our family. Lord, may the weapons of our warfare not be carnal, but may they be mighty through prayer for the pulling down of strongholds. Lord, may we be convicted today in such a way that it takes us to our knees in prayer. That we pray first, that it's not our last resort, but it's our first cry. May we pray out of a heart that wants to know you and is desperate for you. Help us, Lord.